0: derm.com dot
1: Briar Moss can curse in five different languages. We mostly curse in English. So if you're listening around English speakers, you may want to make sure they're okay with curses. reading Circle Temple. I'm Molly. I'm Indy. I'm Brittany. And I'm Goodwin. And today we're reading chapter 7 of Street Magic.
2: So grab your cup of coffee.
1: Or tea.
3: Or a drink of choice.
4: And let's meet with a crummy guy.
1: This chapter begins with Friar going to visit Jebaloo Stone Slicer, who is the only stone mage in the city. And he is greed incarnate. So he's this big fat guy who Glut loves me. eating and his fancy Glut shit. Me. Well I will discuss why I say he's greed incarnate later. We're not gonna have this argument in this section. <laughs> um so anyway. He
2: appears to be Greed, or uh, Gluttony Incarnate. So
1: he's this, he's this big fat guy He's this big fat guy who loves eating his fancy pastries and wearing his fancy clothes and making sure that his fancy clothes do not get mucked up by his fancy pastries. Briar's like, I'm here about this girl who has stone magic and needs a teacher. And Jabaloo's like, well, there is nobody on any of those mage councils anywhere around here, so fuck you. And Briar's like, nah, I'll let Rosethorn deal with him. And he (laughs) leaves. Oh, I can't wait till that chapter. I can't wait. And when Briar gets back, he sees a girl who looks kind of out of place. And he's pretty sure that she's there spying for the Vipers. So he goes up to talk to her. And realizes as he's talking to her that she has a severe rose allergy and she's standing near a bunch of roses. So he gets them to grow and all start blooming all around her face. So until she can, she pretty much can't even breathe anymore and gets her to tell him what she wants Uh, and she talks about why the vipers want Evie because a stone mage in a city that's like practically made of stone is very, very useful. And I think that's about it. So part one of our three-step reading process is reading like a novice. This is where we talk about what we liked and didn't like about the chapter. Shall I go into why Javelu is Greed Incarnate? <laughs>
3: okay. Go
1: ahead. Absolutely. So my big dislike is that once again, we have the villain being the fat guy.
3: Yeah, and I was going to say the same
1: thing. There's a guy who is known as the Great GM and he has a YouTube channel called the Great GM. And one of his videos is about like, and, and he has a whole bunch of, videos about designing RPG campaigns. And one of them is talking about like theme and designing everything around your theme. And so his theme was greed. His villain was, you know, wanting everything, wanting more power, wanting these fancy dragon eggs or magic stones or something because uh, they, they will give her power. She's just, she's constantly wanting whatever. But part of that, part of her being greedy was making her this big fat person because it, it's this like sort of constant intake right so that's the same image that pierce paints with jebelu so thematically i
3: get it but it still bothers me i was to no, say the exact same thing like it's... i get why he's portrayed that way but at the same time it's really problematic um
4: it's frankly just one of those like lazy ways to like get across that a character is morally bankrupt you know yeah like being unable to control their uh appetite is a pretty easy way of getting that across
3: it, i mean so, yeah it like definitely shows his wealth that way like he doesn't care about his health at all uh he knows that he has enough money to probably be able to go see a doctor if he needs to and he's Gorging, gorging himself with food. I get well, why she did it, but I, I don't know. I didn't like it.
2: As a so- society, equate fat with bad. I have a huge problem with this because we, as a country, are majorly overweight. Yeah, and to paint that picture of well if you're fat you're lazy or you're bad or you just don't care but you look at the Hmm. poverty level and it's easier to go get a frozen pizza than it is to buy fresh foods and vegetables and then Mm -hmm. the vegetables go bad within like three days yeah so you have to constantly go to the store and we don't have time as a society to go to the store every couple of days and and we also don't have the money to afford it it's kind of frustrating to see someone who is decadently wealth wealthy being treated like this i
3: don't know i feel like Tamara pierce didn't write him to be disliked um well because he's fat yes she wrote him to be disliked but not because of this fatness um yeah i just feel like yeah no she wrote him for breeds because we have fat characters within the emilion universe like tris yes. for example, and we love tris so i think that Tamara did a good job of not writing him to be disliked because of the fatness but i can see why she did it but there's just too much association with fatness being bad that is like
2: off-putting i mean he would be a terrible person regardless of his weight yes exactly Yeah,
3: especially
1: because what we didn't mention in the recap is that we discover uh the reason that he's the only stone mage is because he's driven all the competition out of town
3: yep and even, I don't know, he thinks he's being charitable still while he's being <laughs> such an asshole. Yeah. Like, and he thinks that he's being charitable. I'm like, no, dude, you are not at all. Yeah, because he's he gives Briar
1: money to send Evie to Winding Circle. And then he's like, oh, no. Uh, poor people have no sense of economy. I guess I'd better give a little more because she's sure to waste some of it. Oh my God! You are everything that's wrong with rich she people. Uses
3: it on drugs or whatever. I will give you money once, but I won't do it again because she she will probably waste it.
2: And then Briar fucking leaves it because he's so mad. That's such an interesting scene. It really and is, and I love.
1: I love that she dwells on it. She spends like a page on this, on, on Briar's internal conflict of, I should go back for the money. No, I shouldn't. Why are you leaving the money? Because it's not worth it. <laughs> it, it.
4: It it makes me think that like, maybe she went through something really similar. You know, maybe it was with a book or maybe not, but like in her life where like, she was offered money to do something that did not align with her values. And she was like, no, but it was money.
3: But I could. I could have done but it. I it shouldn't. wasn't that bad,
4: but I shouldn't. Yeah.
3: I didn't uh, have yeah. to agree to it. I could have took it and then not did it. But... it
4: to, to me, it seemed like something she went through. Like, specifically yeah. something similar to that.
2: I could see that. And I And I, I do feel like writers as a whole do kind of I mean it, it is very commonplace for writers who put in their own life experiences in whatever yeah. stories they're writing so I mean it would definitely make sense and especially because this was the sixth book that she wrote for just the Imelon series and I don't know how many of uh the Tortal books she had written by this time
1: probably 10 or so
2: Yeah. So, I mean, she's got several books under her belt and like the idea of, you know, making that kind of good deal that so many writers just fucking jump on because they don't know any better. I wouldn't know that from personal experience, Yeah, but other people have unfortunately dealt with that part of me is
1: like I wonder if this is in any way connected to the deal with Scholastic with
2: writing this book series yeah that's definitely she, a thought
1: she was basically commissioned to write 12 books she has not written book 12 and they basically are probably just never going to ask for it and they still own the copyright and they're not doing shit with it they kind of just went eh fuck you in your series i love the beginning when briar tells rose Thorne to be nice and he's like you should be nice you need to remember be nice to evie if she comes here before i get back you have to be nice to her you have a way of putting people off
3: you scare people
1: i just i love that so much <laughs> uh-huh and then the first again with still in that same conversation when rose thorn's like i will be as nice as her mother and then Briar's like don't do that yeah don't do that idea (laughs) obviously the mage medallion i know we talked about this i don't remember if we talked about it like on mic or not but yeah so now we know they are officially mages
3: i wish we were seeing the medallions with Sandry, though. Exactly. That bows um, me out. It's really I, cool. I really like it, but I want to see Sandry's now, too. Well, I, I didn't realize until this
1: read-through that we don't see Sandry's medallion. And while it makes sense because she is still an Emelon and everybody who she's interacting with knows that she's a full mage, it would have been nice to see it, especially because we had this argument of, well, is it fair to expect her to follow these rules especially when she's only 14 and the yeah. reason this is the main reason that I feel that it is because
3: they they, they have the medallion they're yeah. adult mages right but we don't know that
4: we yeah, this uh, book.
1: And yeah it, me and, and Brittany changed.
4: had no idea like
3: exactly and
1: and I didn't want to like say anything because I knew that it was coming but it didn't come till here so it would have been nice to have it in that book at some point and it, it could have been Grand Edward like being like aside from you being royalty you're just a kid what like you shouldn't be teaching him and then she could be like ah mage medallion Medallion. let me tell
3: you my story well i do now agree with you that they would follow they would need to follow the rules i do agree with that now there still should be a pamphlet be like this is the basic things that you need to know that's
4: something that also worried me. Like there seems to be something else going on with these medallions.
1: I I feel like Briar having this medallion but not fully understanding everything that it signifies is a good representation of what it's like to be a teenager. I don't know if she did that on purpose, but I feel like I feel like it works.
4: Yes, I'm sure she did.
1: As much as I was annoyed that Jevelu is this big fat slug of a man. I really enjoyed the bit where Briar wanted to slurp his food just to be annoying, and he was like, resisting the urge to slurp my tea. (laughs) (laughs) Like, amen. Do it. Do it. And he's like, no, Molly, I can't. This is for Evie.
4: He was being very (laughs) responsible.
2: He He was. was. Good for him. I am i actually want to bring that up to my likes because there's a lot of stuff i have highlighted during that specific <laughs> point just because no really i relate to that so much <laughs> he kept uh, his anger so in check i'm so proud of him
1: and i like that it describes him as like even his magic is like fighting against the four years of barriers that he has built and then I love that Jebelu basically says to Briar the exact same thing that Briar said to Rosethorn, which is, I don't need to do it because there's nobody around here who's who's gonna make me do it, let them come find me. I'm way far away from Winding Circle and Lightsbridge and all that. Which to me is just like, ah, I understand why these rules are in place. <laughs>
4: It makes Um, sense. I I didn't even think about that, but it is the exact same reaction. Yeah. Wow.
1: Also, there is a part where Briar shows his teeth, just like Rosethorn did in Briar's book. Mm -hmm. So so Briar has learned from the best.
2: It's so unnerving sometimes how much they're alike.
3: I'm going to pretend to be nice to you, but I really want to tear your head off.
2: I'm going There's... to murder you while you sleep. And I'm going to just smile when somebody comes and asks. I'm just gonna be like, officer, I have no idea what happened. They their head just spontaneously came off of their body. Like, I don't know. Does that happen? Like, I've never seen that before. It was shocking. You're lucky that
3: <laughs> Rose Thorn is here or I would tear into you. <laughs>
1: I also just love that he's just like no, no. Let Rose Thorne deal with him. She needs something to to like relax her. She needs, her cheering to up. Like, she yes, needs something
2: yeah. to cheer her up. Just so to bit loose.
1: Yeah. Oh, I can't
3: wait. <laughs> Chapter I'm so excited. Come on.
1: Hurry it up. Uh, then finally right. I felt that it was significant that the roses are blood crimson because it's you know also like the color that her face is turning and this he's literally about to kill her he's
3: not trying to kill her but he is about to kill yeah, her I, so the same with like us talking about Jeblu being fat i also had like i don't know how i felt about him meeting with the girl because it's like i know he's not trying to kill her but torturing her with allergies like and I, it felt icky at the same I, time too i think it's totally fair to say like briar uh briar went overboard like yeah he did uh, like it's like I get- oh indy is allergic to everything and she pissed me off so i'm gonna torture her with everything that she's allergic to yeah, so like i'm
1: and gonna i'm gonna
2: Brazil nuts, the fastest way to go
1: I was was gonna say peanuts but I was gonna be like yeah I'm gonna like dangle some peanuts in front of her face and like slowly move them closer to her like I get I get like blocking her with the roses and stuff but I feel like at the very very least when he realized that she couldn't breathe he should have stopped
3: yeah you know
1: he did it it. I am not this person which means maybe maybe he is a bit of that person and uh we'll we'll see if he
3: develops at all Cool that he could do that kind of thing, but at the same time, it's like, ooh, this is very problematic. I don't like this at all.
4: <laughs> yeah. I, I, I disagree.
2: I I kind of do disagree that he didn't really go overboard, like, but he again, didn't, go almost, didn't
4: go far enough.
2: He didn't go far
3: enough, he almost killed the girl. I'm, I'm I mean, yeah, I'm does very- she deserve it? I guess. Yes, but she's in a gang but do people in gangs deserve to be potentially murdered I don't
4: I'll let Indy go first but I mm, yes I
3: didn't like it like I, I what just
1: Molly to...
2: and Brittany agreeing about something
1: the world will explode
2: yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> I like I, I as as a very angry and wrathful person I i can honestly say like if i was in that position i'd do the same damn thing so oh, that doesn't make it right it doesn't make it right but i would still fucking do it i do love the so much age should have impressed buyer or impressed briar but instead it made his skin creep we we are fascinated with old places But sometimes they're not cool. They're just fucking creepy. Like, age doesn't immediately mean ooh impressive things. Sometimes it's just this is really fucking creepy, and I don't like it. Start
4: thinking of like the vibe of places, right? Like how many lives have been through here? Like,
2: yeah, you just get yeah, you get into that like holy shit, what all has this place seen? How many? How, how many people have died within these walls? Like, how, how many people didn't leave? How many people this was a turning point in their life, be it for good or for bad? You just think about these things and you're just like, oh my god, this is overwhelming and I hate it. Then again, I have anxiety. Everything is overwhelming. So we, we talked in depth about uh, Chabalu's But I really liked the description of he did not walk as much as he waddled in a billow of golden satin robes and musky scent. Very vivid. The conversation of, I was told that there was a great mage here. Briar's like, I am that great mage. No, you're not. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, I am. Fuck you. (laughs) The bringing up of Briar's tattoos again. We see that on one hand, like when we first see them, it was kind of a, oh, that's really cool. And then this one, it's kind of a snotty. What did you do? As someone with tattoos, that is typically a response. It's either, oh, those are really cool. They need. And the ones are just like, why would you do that? My body is a temple, bitch. I can choose to decorate it how I want. (laughs) Briar being mad it's not just her pride there's more here than just me having hurt feelings and my pride being wounded totally something that uh is going to get a lot of debate Frostpine's apprentice Carell had always envied Daja's magic but he never asked Frostpine to keep Daja away sounds
1: like "Mm, he's a pretty nice dude isn't he no, he's envious. Isn't
4: that nice? All right. He wasn't as bad as he could have been.
1: Miss Miss perfect little Catholic over here.
3: Who's no, never was- been jealous
1: of anyone in her whole in, life. Uh, <laughs>
3: not, in this uh, reading, it was okay. He was fine in this one. I had no quarrels with him. In this there we reading, go. Cause, okay. Uh, Stone Slicer Man is being a fucking dick.
2: There we go. You gotta find the worst person.
3: <laughs> uh, so I didn't have any
2: anything to get here on this time around.
4: We didn't have very many antagonists in the first
2: Briar going, I could do this or I could let Rose Thorne do it so she can be cheered up cuz she deserves it. <laughs> yes. Um it. I also really like he thought his he was past these moments when Briar Moss student and mage smashed into Roach. I'm going to touch more on that later, but I love that like inner conflict of him. And I also like the the thing that calms him down is, you know, listening to the orange along the side and he's just like, they don't need money. We did say
1: that he left his worry stone behind and it was like, mm, yeah, he's going to need that.
2: He needed it. Yeah, he really did the whole chaotic scene of the roses and briar just going wrong answer it's just like as cool and calmly mm. as possible and i'm just like goddamn dude that's fucking ruthless mm. <laughs> the uh the girl fucking insulting him and he's like are you sure you should be doing that right now like are, are you fucking with me like really you're insulting me when i could fucking kill you You're not smart. (laughs) They're talking about wanting Evie because she's a stone mage and Briarish. It's like, even the thief Lord was willing to trade. He offered food and shelter and protection. You want a slave.
0: Yeah, he asked. consent from the
2: thief Lord. (laughs) Yeah, he asked. He provided all of the things and he asked. And what they wanted was a slave. And he even flat out says that all you want is a slave and like it's one of those even if you are a morally bankrupt person one thing about you can make you somewhat redeemable because we know from briar's path that the thief lord is not was not a good person oh no he asked which makes him at least slightly better than what's going on right now and (laughs) then
1: bitchy mcbitch face Yeah,
2: exactly. That's kind of how it is in the real world, too. You can despise everything about a person, and then you go, but they at least have this as a moral, and like this makes them somewhat redeemable.
4: I did like the uh, burning sandalwood, how Briar realizes that, like, hey, Jibulu is burning this really expensive wood that smells nice for no reason. Other than the fact to like show off that he's able to afford the super nice wood that smells nice when it's burnt, that only people who are in the know would know that it's expensive and like how much of a waste that is that, you know, this kid at 14 like realizes like, hey, it's kind of fucked up that you're burning this like, you know, kind of precious uh, material just to flex. I did want to loop back around and hit the Viper girl being attacked by flowers to uh, by flowers. Yes, yes assaulted please. by flowers. Um, I'm not gonna say that Briar didn't go far enough, but I really think that he restrained himself a lot in that interaction because he knows that like this girl is involved with the group that just killed like four or five of the people that he's like he's he just spent like was it two days?
3: Yeah, like two yeah.
4: separate days like patching up that entire crew of like camel guts that were injured. So, you know, clearly he has, I won't say an allegiance to them, but, you know, he, he cares for these kids. He has
3: motive, but I don't know. It's like it's...
4: And he held back. He oh. knew that he could <laughs> fix the allergic reaction. And he did it in a way that was painful, but not hurtful.
2: I kind of also think that he was doing it to send a message because that person is to go back to the Vipers and go, this is what happened. That's a message.
3: I feel like that I, girl is going to get murdered by Bitchy McBitch face now because she failed. I agree he had a motive and it was fascinating to read, but it still made me feel
4: icky. I get that. Totally understand. Yeah, that. no, I it, just it think does he, make he, sense. it could have been it could have been worse, and he it could didn't. have,
3: but uh,
4: that's that's a little consolation, I know.
3: Most yeah. of mine have gotten taken, but I do have a few left. Um, I liked whenever um, he climbed up to the top, and neighbor lady was like trying to show him, like, "Hey, look, there's that chick over there. I think she's looking for you," and I thought that was really just because he helped her out with a headache a few weeks ago looking out for him as fucked up as I thought the whole allergy thing was um at the very end where he's like and if you if I see you around here again you'll think he signaled to the flower is a token of my love like oh shit (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah he's <laughs> like, fucking ruthless
3: like you almost killed this girl and this is your token of love like oh my god briar you are
4: like, that was Whoa. some anime villain shit not gonna lie it
3: was yeah it really was like oh my goodness he could yeah. easily go down a very dark path and we're seeing it right here good thing he's one of the good guys <laughs> <laughs> And then I uh, really liked the very last line. He kept her dagger.
2: <laughs> yeah, you, you caused all of this trouble. I'm just gonna fucking I'm keep this. I'm just gonna keep your dagger. Now he's
4: got. Now he's got ten.
5: Ready to pop the question?
0: There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection.
1: Part two is reading like a dedicate. This is where we look for a theme or a message in the chapter.
3: What theme or message did y'all find? Dealing with people. That's all he did in this chapter was deal with a couple people.
4: I went deep. I went like deep, deep. And I referenced one of the greatest philosophers of uh, our era, uh, Mewtwo.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I know what quote you're going with, and I fucking
4: love it thank yeah. god for for the uninitiated uh one of the quotes is uh, or the quote is i see now that the circumstances of one's birth are irrelevant it is what you do with the gift of life that determines who you are i felt that when uh briar was just like in inco- like really really mad when when jibby lou was talking about evie like how she doesn't deserve to uh, to learn at all or to even exist really as a person because she's an orphan and doesn't come from a family or any position of power and briar is just like he's livid about it he he, he's very upset because he's been there he he is now a full-fledged mage
3: Mm -hmm. because somebody didn't gave him a chance
4: yeah it could because he came from pretty much nothing he was a street kid he was about to be sentenced to death at that point by overwork and he managed to make something out of himself because someone just gave him a shot this is what he wants for Evie because he's been there yeah. and he knows that she's capable but she just needs the proper training just like exactly what he went through mm-hmm. so hearing Jebulu say that about her I feel made him feel like that was an offense to to, to Briar himself Yeah, yeah. He, he'd been through it and he made his way out of this in this absolute dickhole It's just like, oh, she can't do it because she's she's not allowed. She's poor. She can't do it. And I'm going to eat cakes up here and uh, enjoy the fruits of my shitty labors because I schemed my way up here, not because I earned it.
2: This is what someone from money does.
4: Yeah, like this guy doesn't know dick about shit and he's acting all high and mighty and fuck him. So uh, I'm very surprised Briar managed to keep his cool.
1: I want to point out that in season one... Brittany mentioned some interaction between the guards and Nico when Nico is first picking Briar up and she suggested the possibility that Nico had been through some similar experience that maybe Nico had once been a street rat and like picked up off the streets and given a second chance or something. I love that she suggested that. And now we're bringing it back around because we're
2: literally seeing that with Briar.
1: So yeah, I picked anger which is not as deep, but obvious.
2: (laughs) I was going to say control. Briar is livid. like He is so furious that he is ready to just end this man's whole career. (laughs) He is so ready to do it. But he kind of listens to all of the plants around him. And they're like, We'll fucking do it. Bro, just let us go. We fucking do it. We are we're, <laughs> we are ride or die right now. Like, let's fucking go. And Briar's like, wait, hold on. <laughs> wait a second. I, I, so, like, I hold can't. Hold me back. Hold me back. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Briar's just like, you know, I, I, I cannot lose my cool in this situation because it's going to make things worse. I will let someone else who has some more weight than I do handle this situation. And, I mean, we do kind of see it in even with the Rose scene. He is fully capable of killing this girl. Intentional or not, he knows that he could do it. And he refrains and controls himself enough that he doesn't take it that far. I do think that, yeah, he let his anger with the situation overshadow his reaction straight up became a villain a token of my love I know I fucking do you know why I relate to Briar so much it's because (laughs) that anger that anger is what drives me like I live off of anger spite and caffeine if I had that ability I fucking would do it I would abuse that ability
1: (laughs) part three is reading like a mage this is where we use the text to craft magic in our own lives what magic were you able to craft out of this check
4: be aware of other people's relationship with their family it right in the beginning where briar's like you know hey treat evie nice because sometimes you're mean rose thorn uh she's like yeah i'll treat her like her own mom and then it's like well her mom sold her to slavery so maybe not like that (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's, maybe it's, it's, don't do that yeah may, maybe not that much don't don't sell <laughs> her back into slavery it, it reminded me of a time in high school where uh i'm not gonna get too into detail but i ended up making fun of a classmate's dead father who had died the week before <laughs> uh and i had no idea and like she busted oh. out crying and like left and people were like looking at me like what the fuck is wrong with you and i'm like I didn't know her that well, so I didn't know her father had passed away. But uh, it was an insensitive joke. Uh, she was kind of being a jerk, but I, I can see that she had an excuse to not
2: not be okay. her best you.
4: Yeah, she was being kind of bitchy, but understanding why, that's fine. But <laughs> I, I made an insensitive joke and uh, yeah, she left crying and I looked like a fucking asshole. Uh, I, I did apologize afterwards, but it, it Bigger Uh,
2: person than me.
4: (laughs) Just be aware of other people's family situations just because you have regular family with family members that love each other. These are all in air quotes. (laughs) Uh, Not not everyone has that like family situation. So just be aware of what you say and what you do.
1: I wrote down in the middle of part one, life is valuable. I want to be the Briar who defends Broken, the people who need defending In the dam <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. i, I want to be the briar who defends the people who need defending from the jebelous of this world i don't want to be the briar that fit almost kills somebody with their rose allergies i want to be somewhere in between that
2: briar is fucking ride or die i'm i'm going to add on just a little bit more i know that personally i am that kind of ride or die i am ready to fucking put somebody in the ground they so much as fuck at fuck with my own I said this in the beginning when we were doing season one there is a reason why I feel such an emotional connection with Briar and that's the rage, the fact that he is fucking hardcore ride or die. Once you were considered his, he's ready to fucking murder somebody for you for just mildly sliding you. I mean, we we see that with Jebelu. He is ready to just fucking in this man for so much as sliding Evie. And I honestly feel like if it were a situation where Jebelie was saying this about Briar himself, I don't think he would be as wrathful in that moment as he was because of the fact that it runs with Evie. However, that is not my magic. (laughs) (laughs) My magic is my good nature may be imposed upon once, but not twice. I know that I'm kind of wishy-washy on this. I have... If, if I don't know somebody and they slight me, that's it, you're done. Like, I want nothing to fucking do with you. But I have friends who have continuously tested my good nature, constantly tested our relationship, and I've just let it slide because they're mine. So there's there's a balance there in this kind of makes me think you've got to find that balance of do you just shut off people who do shitty things because you don't know them and you let other people that are supposed to be your friends just fucking walk all over you? Do you need to find that ground? Which you kind of have to find a line in the sand, I feel, with everyone. If someone crosses that line, you need to be able to just fucking cut them off yeah I need to focus more on that as far as with friends because I don't have that same my my standards of friend kind of makes that line and yes I'm talking about someone specifically but it's none of (laughs) y'all I love you guys we don't fight We talk about our feelings like we only adults. Fight about
4: fictional book characters.
2: Exactly. <laughs> we also talk about our feelings instead of just going, I'm mad at you. Why are you mad? Well, if you don't know that I'm not going to tell you. How do I know how to fix the situation? Anyway, yeah. sorry. No, not going down that path. My magic is from the
3: sentence, mages work together or separately, but all had a right to work. I feel like myself, In most, in several of these books, I have felt myself be kind of similar to the antagonists that are in the book. And I kind of felt this way about Stone Slicer. Again, he was looking down on like poor people and I've caught myself doing this a few times especially like the people begging on the side of the street with their signs and stuff I'm like oh those people just need to get a job or I'm not going to give them money because they'll just use it on drugs and I don't want to waste my money like that reading this and knowing like every situation I'm like oh man I am being just like this douchebag like I don't want to give my money to this person because she's going to spend it on drugs or who knows what I don't need to be like that everyone has a right to has a right to work. i don't know i don't know how that ties in with a right to work i guess but they have a right
2: to exist
3: exactly like a reminder to myself to not be douche like this douche bag <laughs>
1: At the end of our episodes, we like to read an excerpt from the following chapter. So, this is an excerpt from chapter eight of Street Magic.
3: Good job. I got it right, times. I'm so proud of you.
1: <laughs> Rosethorn heard Briar out, her slender brows coming together with an almost audible click when he repeated how Jebelu had dismissed the influence of Lightsbridge and Winding Circle. She served up midday in silence, opening her mouth only once to call Evie to the table. The girl had arrived that morning while Briar was gone. Rosethorn had made her bathe, change into clean clothes, and helped to harvest the new corn crop on the roof. But Evie had obeyed didn't surprise Briar. It took a stern spirit to defy Rosethorn. The woman ate in silence while Evie pelted Briar with questions about the palace. The white stone walls of Jebelu's room, what were they made of? Were the inlays on the walls also stone? Did the people press such inlays into the stone as she did stones into the walls of her squat? What did the mage's pastries taste like? And what did Briar mean he hadn't even tried them? Enough, Rosethorn said, throwing down her napkin. Aren't stones quiet? But I'm not a stone, Evie replied. I'm a stone mage. Her cheerful grin didn't even flicker under Rosethorn's admonishing look. Briar decided maybe Evie's head was stone, and that was how she could resist his teacher's emphatic personality. "'You two wash up,' Rosethorn ordered, getting to her feet. "'I'm off to have a word with Master Stone Slicer. "'I'd like to come,' Briar wheedled. He wanted to hear what Rosethorn said to the fat mage. Rosethorn shook her head. "'Dishes. Then you're going to teach her something,' she pointed to Evie. "'Don't let this time go to waste.' But I can't, protested Briar. I'm a kid, not a teacher to meditate, Rosethorn said firmly, cutting off his arguments and to get her power in a tighter grip. Don't forget to put a circle of protection around you both when you do it either. Uncontrolled stone magic won't do my beans or your miniature trees much good. Briar winced. Thanks for reminding me. Don't mention it, Rosethorn said, and get to work. She strode out of the house, her face set. Is she going to eat Juba Huba? Evie wanted to know. <laughs> she looks like she's going to bite him at least. No, if she bit him, he'd die. Briar informed her. And his name's Jebalu. Learn it. He's still going to be your permanent teacher. Evie shrugged. So he does have a nickname and it's Juba Huba. And I'm so Juba happy. Huba. <laughs> Reading Circle
3: Temple is produced by us, Molly,
2: Brittany, Indy, and Goodwin.
3: If you like the show, tell your friends about us.
2: If you don't like the show, tell your enemies.
4: (laughs) Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts.
3: Or tell us what you think
1: by emailing us at templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com.
3: Find all of our episodes at ReadingCircleTemple.com and find more sound clips by following the Reading Circle Temple on SoundCloud. Never miss a post by following Reading Circle on Tumblr.
4: You can also follow Reading Circle Temple on Facebook and join the Reading Circle Temple Facebook group.
1: See our cats by following Reading Circle Temple on Instagram.
2: Or you can tweet at us at Reading Temple. A special thanks to Yellow is for Happy for our artwork. If you like their art, follow Yellows for Happy Draws on Tumblr and Shannon and Draws on Instagram.
4: Another special thanks to Brittany's brother Thomas Dick for our music. Find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud.
1: Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing the Circle of Magic, and
3: thanks to you for listening. Let's all have coffee next week. Malia, it's okay. She's sad that Natalie had to leave already. She misses her auntie. Yeah. <laughs> but Goodwin and Molly are still here.
4: Yeah, what about us?
3: She wants her auntie. Molly's your auntie. actually No. <laughs> no. <laughs> auntie Molly is here. Nope. Not good enough. Sorry. It's okay. It's- You're not as good as TK's. Oh, I know T is like. 70%. I can't hold my
1: expectations too too high. Yeah,
3: no. He's not here. T- Did you mention the T word? Oh, sorry. Oh, Just now she's going, cra- she's going crazy now. Sorry, <laughs> I can't even spell his name though. I know. Just say Tristan. I know. I was going to say I'll have to call him Tristan from now on. Yeah. So she doesn't freak the fuck out. Sorry. Uh, <sighs>
1: I forgot she does that at the mere mention of his
5: name. <laughs> Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans.